the text I'll, I'll be in is in Matthew chapter 17. I'm just at the end there from verse 22 to 27. Um, but I'm just going to spend a little while putting it in context. Um, yeah, when you preach like a one-off sermon like this, it can be nice to have some time to put it in context. And I think we'll see the significance of um, Jesus' words a lot more, actually, seeing them in the, con- the wider context of Matthew's gospel. Um, yeah, does anyone here like to fish? There's a couple of people. Yep, then I'm in the majority. I hate fishing. Um, what, okay, what's the biggest catch anyone's had? Um, anyone, biggest catch if you, if you do fishing? Yeah. Uh, 200K. 200K. Okay, that's big. No. Oh, wow, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's big. So I was going to tell a story. My younger brother, like, my, my, I have two younger brothers, and the youngest one likes to fish. Um, uh, and once, I mean, he was still a child uh, in this story, but we were out on some rocks on the Swedish west coast, and he's fishing, and we say, be careful with that hook. And um, obviously, within about a minute, that hook is then in my other little brother's leg, um, in his thigh, so... Uh, I was about 60 kilos, I think, but uh, I guess you, you win then if you had a, a hundred. Um, uh, yeah, what about uh, paying taxes? Anyone um, enjoy tax debts? Uh, uh, so the, the passage uh, we're going to read is, um, is about fishing and tax debts. So um, yes, plenty to look forward to. Um, anyway, these things happen in our passage, um, but actually it's about so much more. Um, Jesus, through this little story, is, um, is teaching us about himself, who he is, um, and teaching us about who we are in him. Um, yeah, how, how close to God do you feel? And how do I get close to God? And these are qu- questions that can come back and back for Christians, recurring questions, um, if you feel distant from God. Um, and especially if you think about some of the challenging things Jesus says in Matthew's gospel about what it means to follow him. Um, There are some really demanding passages where where Jesus demands a lot of us. Um, And perhaps you're reminded of your inadequacy. Um, And then it can be really easy to feel distant from God. So how how do we come near to him? How close am I to God? How do I know? Um, uh, And this passage we're about to read is... Uh, from a part of Matthew's gospel that is about discipleship. Um, Jesus has begun to teach his disciples about his impending crucifixion. And Jesus' death is of central importance to those who would follow him. Um, In chapter 16, verse 24, um, Jesus says that we are to deny ourselves, um, take up our crosses, and follow him. Uh, In chapter 18, he goes on to teach uh, the disciples about humility Um, and about the fight against sin and how we are to forgive one another. Um, The disciples found uh, these things really hard. Um, They didn't, yeah, it didn't come naturally to them. It wasn't easy, um, the the life of humble uh, sacrifice uh, that Jesus was calling them to. Uh, And yet, um, even harder than that, um, they found was that Jesus is going to die. Um, So in in chapter 17, uh, verse 22 and 23, 
Uh, We read of Jesus telling the disciples he's going to die. And Matthew says of them, and they were greatly distressed. They were greatly distressed. Um, Because Jesus is the king they've been waiting for. But not king in the way they had hoped. Um, And following this this king, this Messiah, uh, was not what they thought it would be. Um, Not the victory march they had hoped for. They thought, here's the king and he's going to save us. Um, But actually it was hard following him. Uh, And perhaps you can relate to that sometimes. Um, If you want to follow Jesus, uh, but is is this what it's supposed to be? I thought there would be more victory, more life with the king. Um, And instead it's a long, hard battle against your own sin. And following a crucified Messiah, going against the culture, uh, and following a king whose, whose kingdom still hasn't come in its fullness. And Jesus has crushed his disciples with this teaching. Uh, but he's teaching them for their good. He's crushing them, not, not ultimately to crush them, um, but he's teaching them for their, their perseverance and ultimately their joy in him. Um, and in Peter is, is the one in whom we see this most clearly, uh, this process. Um, He's the disciple who most often says what he thinks. Um, so that's why we get, get to see this process in him. Um, it's more obvious. Um, and actually, this is something that points to the historical reliability of the Gospels. Um, so we, we see very consistent characters across all four Gospels. Basically, Peter's always the first to open his mouth. Um, um, and that's in most situations. So he's the one who confesses Jesus as the Christ in chapter 16. Um, um, and yeah, and you see that a lot in the Gospels. Um, and that's something that points to, okay, these are real stories about real people. Um, they're not just invented characters or invented stories. Um, that actually the four Gospel writers are writing about the same guy, Peter. Um, anyway, so Peter is, is the one who says what he thinks. Um, so when, when Jesus begins to teach them in chapter 16 that he's going to die, um, he gets a rebuke from Peter. Uh, 16 verse 22. Uh, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. That shall never happen to you. Um, You see, Peter has his own idea of what Jesus should be like. Uh, But Jesus is deadly serious and responds, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God but on the things of man. And he continues in the next verse, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that must have been quite a shake-up for, for Peter to hear from the mouth of the Lord himself uh, that his understanding of Jesus is satanic. Uh, he gets called Satan. Um, and hopefully you've never had a shake-up quite that big. Um, but that can happen to us is if um, you realize you're on the wrong path or you discover a whole area of your life that is, is full of sin and needs, needs change. Um, realize that Christian life is a bigger challenge than you thought or bigger than you wanted it to be. Um, that could be a new situation. You, you move, well, a lot of you have moved countries. That can, that can be a, a situation that reveals sin or, or new challenges. Uh, maybe you have a child, uh, get a new job, um, and situations um, 
yeah, it demands more of you as a Christian. And you, wow, does, does following Jesus really demand this? Um, and praise God, we don't feel this way all the time. Uh, maybe you're not feeling that. Um, praise God. Uh, but be prepared. Be prepared for when um, that happens. Um, be prepared when you, you, like Peter, have to relearn what it means to follow Jesus. Um, recommit to following the Lord. Uh, and the Lord has patience for Peter. Uh, his aim is not to crush him, uh, but to lead him. Uh, and with us too, his, his aim is not to crush us, um, but these hard teachings are to lead us. And as part of that, um, he shows us what a great blessing it is to know him, to know the Son of God. Um, so that's what, that brings us to the passage for today. Uh, so it's Matthew chapter 17 from verse 22. Uh, to the end of the chapter, verse 27. Um, so let me read this. Um, and yeah, please follow along if you have a Bible. It says, As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. Amen. Um, what a strange little story, um, if I may may say so. Uh, not the most famous of Jesus' miracles. Um, so what is it that's happening? Um, I think a lot of things about this story are weird, but um, let's understand it. So temple skatteverket, or those who, who gather in the, the temple tax, they come and ask um, Peter, doesn't Jesus pay the tax? Um, perhaps, perhaps Jesus is late because he's been out traveling. Um, but Peter says yes. Um, and now this was a religious tax. Um, so it's not one the Romans demanded. It's in the law of Moses um, in Exodus chapter 30. Um, so the Romans didn't impose it. But if you're, if you're a believing Jew, you follow God's law, um, then you pay this tax in addition to your other taxes. Um, um, so they ask, isn't Jesus going to pay? And Peter says, yes, he does, of course. Um, all Jewish men were to pay the temple tax. But when he comes into the house, Jesus has a little parable for him. It says, when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? Now, uh, this parable may be a little unclear to us uh, because the way tax works today in, in most countries is quite different. 
from then. So in most countries today, the state gathers in tax to spend on behalf of the people. Um, so the, the money goes to the state. Um, uh, and that means everyone pays tax, even politicians, royal family uh, are taxed. Uh, but Jesus is talking about these old school kings who um, they gather in tax for themselves and for their families. Um, tax is like the king's wage. It's, it's money that goes directly to the king uh, and, uh, well, him and his family. Uh, so Jesus' question really isn't very hard. Um, it's, a, it's a very leading question. Um, do they tax their sons or others? He said, from others. And you don't need a degree in, in taxology to know, you know kings don't tax their own sons. He wants to build his dynasty. More likely, the tax goes to his sons. Um, it's like, you know, parents don't try to get rich by taxing their children's pocket money. Um, so it's a very, very simple question for Peter. And Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Then the sons are free. And what's his point here is Jesus doesn't have to pay the temple tax. He's the son of God. He's the one whom God says, with him I'm well pleased. Now, the temple tax, as it says in Exodus, um, was to pay atonement for their lives. Well, Jesus doesn't have to pay that. He's the son of God. Um, and I think we can miss the shock of this uh, when we just read through Matthew's gospel and, and don't stop to think. Um, partly, Sweden's so far from hierarchical. Uh, and also because as Christians, we can come to God. It's, it's very, in a sense, easy for us because of what Jesus has done. Uh, but this is big. Um, if you've read the Old Testament, you know that if God gives you the opportunity to pay a tax as atonement for your life, uh, you want to pay it. Um, and this is for the temple, the, the holy place where God dwells. Um, you want to pay that uh, for the temple. But Jesus calls the temple my father's house. Um, he doesn't have to pay tax for it. And everything belonging to God belongs to him. Um, as we were singing, everything belongs to you. Um, and if we don't see, see what a big deal it is, perhaps it's because we see God too much as a buddy, um, a friend who's kind of the same size as us. Um, um, and because of Jesus, uh, we can come close to God. Um, we can be in relationship with him without the sacrifices um, and offering up money and animals um, and the temple. Um, that was all needed before Christ, but because of him, we, yeah, we don't need that. Um, but we mustn't forget what a big change that is, what a big deal that we can come close to God. Um, in, our, in our sin, we have no right to approach God. That the Israelites even got to build the temple and got to contribute to the costs was a unique privilege. Um, the only people in the whole world who could approach their creator. And as sinful people, of course you need to, to purify yourself and you offer up animals and money. Um, of course you do that. What a privilege to be allowed to do that, to have the law. And yet completely unnecessary for Jesus. 
He is the son of God. He could have walked into the Holy of Holies. Hi, Father. Welcome, my beloved son. Then the sons are free. Jesus has a relationship with God that Peter could never have dreamed of. It's like he's saying, Peter, do you know who I am? Um, And I love how he he poses the question to Peter. He's like nudging him towards the answer, Um, working with him, teaching and leading him. Uh, Like he's saying, you know, yeah, it's tough following me. Um, I know you don't understand everything that I'm doing, um, but do you know who I am? Do you know who you're following? Um, No one in history has had such a close relationship with God. But now Peter is, is under the same roof and talking with the Son of God. And do we need to hear that too? Do we need to be reminded of who Jesus is? Um, it can be hard following him, not, not what you imagined all the time. Um, a fight against sin that never seems to end. Uh, perhaps you're tired of going against the flow in secular Stockholm. Uh, It may cost you certain relationships. Um, But think of the relationship you have. Do you know who he is, the son of God? And that's why we want Jesus at the the center of all we do. Um, At the center on on Sundays, um, that we we sing, we exalt him, we get to know him through his word. Um, We spend time in Bible studies in the week um, to get to know the son of God. Um, That's why we want others to come to know him. Jesus, the, the one with no distance between himself and the Father. No barriers, perfect unity with God. And better than the, the whole temple system, all the sacrifices and priests put together. Christians follow, Christians know God's Son. And that is a fantastic privilege. And we should rejoice in that. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Um, So look at what he says next. um, We can read verse 26 again. And when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. When you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Uh, Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. And that's a fun little miracle. Um, You'd wish that would happen every time you had a tax debt. Um, It's time to pay a tax, and oh, there's a fish with 10,000 kroner in its mouth. Um, That's about what I calculate the value of the coin to be, if you adjust for the price of living in Stockholm. Um, I think I said it was 9,000 in Gothenburg. but, um, uh, But Jesus is not doing miracles for the income, um, the truth is he's the son of God. He shouldn't have to pay the tax, right? Um, but he wants to avoid problems. Uh, God's son shouldn't have to argue with Tempelskatteverket. Um, so he does a miracle. So he both avoids the cost of the tax and avoids the conflict with the authorities. Um, so he pays it, but it doesn't cost him anything because Peter finds it in a fish. But then look at what he says. If we look more closely, he says, the sons are free. That's sons, plural. 
and he ends with take it and give it, as in the shekel, to them for me and for yourself. And for yourself. The worth of the coin is twice what the tax costs. Um, So it covers Peter's tax too. But this is not a coincidence. Um, Jesus has very clear intentions. Uh, He says, give it to them for me and for yourself. Do you see, he's saying Peter doesn't have to pay the temple tax. Uh, But hold on, every... Every Jewish man over 20 had to pay the temple tax. Um, Peter, in all likelihood, has seen his father pay pay it year after year. Um, Everyone among his his friends, his colleagues, his family, um, they pay it year after year, as the law said, as atonement for their lives. But now Jesus is here, and there is nothing to pay. So that that closeness that Jesus has to the Father, um, his followers share in that. He says that the sons are free. Peter is free. The standing Peter has before God can be compared to a king and his son. The standing Peter has before God can be compared to a king and his son. Peter has come from being far from God, from, being, from it being difficult to approach God, to being his child. And it, it's no coincidence that this happens just after Jesus has been talking about his death. Um, that closeness to God is something he ultimately will give by dying for the sins of the world. Um, all the sin, all the things we've done wrong that would prevent us from coming to God, um, all that Jesus took on himself um, and was killed for them um, so that we could come close to God, so that we could share his closeness to God. And for Peter, in the midst of the doubt, the confusion, um, when he was uh, greatly distressed, as it said, when following Jesus wasn't what he thought it would be, uh, in the midst of all that, then he hears The sons are free. The sons are free to approach God. Jesus is saying, what I'm doing is good for you. And this go and die in Jerusalem thing, it's not bad news. I haven't failed. Jesus is the son of God. And he came by his death to make us children of God. So the closeness the Christian has to God to God the Father, is like the closeness that Jesus the Son has to the Father. That is, the closeness you have to God, if you're a Christian, is like the relationship the Son has with the Father. It's unhindered, open, free access. And I think much closer than we imagine, much closer than we can imagine. Uh, And if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, um, this is what you're missing out on. Um, And yet it could be yours, could be yours. Um, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to give his life, to be killed um, for all the the wrong things we do that would keep us from God. Um, Jesus would take that on himself and be killed. Um, And that takes it away from us so that we can come to God uh, with free access. 
Um, he brings us to God. Um, so that's open to anyone who, who puts their hope in Jesus, um, who trusts him. Um, and then for the Christian, um, this is true of you. This is who you are. Um, and regardless of what you feel, regardless of how close you feel to God, um, I don't think Peter felt especially close to God that day. I mean, he was behind on his temple tax, so um, why would he? Um, but it is by knowing Jesus that he gets this status. It's not about how he feels. It's about who Jesus is. Uh, and you are a child of God. You are loved by him. Um, you can come to him whenever you want. Uh, you don't need any, any priest or any building, um, any special feeling or sacrifice to approach him. Uh, you already have all of this in Jesus. And you are God's beloved child. Um, so rejoice. Uh, we get to sing to him. Uh, we get to pray to him. Um, and we get to know each moment uh, that we belong to him. Um, so rejoice. Enjoy being God's child. Enjoy that identity. Think about it. Um, another implication of this is uh, humility. I think this, is, this status is a gift that we have from God. Um, and then I think um, deliberately Matthew shows us in the very next verse, in chapter 18, verse 1, um, the disciples come with their classically bad timing to Jesus and ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, presumably hoping that he'd pick you know, me or whoever asked the question. Um, and Jesus tells them to humble themselves. And that makes sense, right? If we're God's children, if that's a, a gift he's given us, um, better than anything we could earn through God's law by our own efforts. Well, let's be humble about that. And let's be secure in that. Let's not be trying to find uh, some other status, some greater status than son of God. Um, children of God is a much better status than we can make for ourselves. Um, who... Who am I trying to impress? So why would I be proud? Um, it's a gift from God. Um, so just accept and enjoy it. Um, and that means we can rejoice in one another as well. I get to rejoice that you are God's child. And we have the same father. We're loved by him. We have access to him through Jesus. Um, Jesus makes possible this glorious, humble, loving community. Um, so enjoy it. Live in it. Act like it. Um, let's talk to one another as if you're talking to a child of God. And finally, if, you, if you're feeling like Peter, uh, maybe exhausted or, or confused, disappointed, um, when the Christian life is, is not what you thought it would be, uh, when you want to see Jesus lifted high and his kingdom come, uh, but he gives you a cross to carry and says, humble yourself and keep fighting. I'm just thinking, in the midst of all that, we're given this identity, God's children in this world. That we're loved and accepted by God, full access to our creator. So following Jesus has its challenges, and you can read plenty about that in Matthew's gospel um, if you don't feel enough in your daily life. Um, but what privilege is to be, to be known by God and to be called his child Perhaps this is the fuel we need to keep pushing when it gets hard. 
to know who we are in him, what a privilege it is to be drawn close to God. It's helped me as well in, you know, when thinking to, about uh, the battle with sin. I'm thinking, why would I do this? Why would I do anything other than glorify my Father um, after what Jesus has done, after how, how close I am to the Holy One? Um, Jesus has brought us near. And he says, then the sons are free. Um, you're free. They're free to approach your Father, constantly drenched in his grace, so let's praise Jesus who's given us this. Let's praise him in our prayers, um, sing on the way home, and praise him with our lives. Let's praise the Son of God uh, who came to make us children of God. Amen. Um, let me give thanks. Yeah, Father, we, we praise you um, that you have not left us in our sin, uh, that you sent your Son into the world. And Father, we... Um, we can barely begin to comprehend um, the, uh, the relationship uh, to you that he gives us, uh, the closeness uh, to you that we have in him. But Father, I pray that you would help us to uh, realize more and more uh, that we are your children through faith, Lord. Um, yeah, please help us understand what that means. Would that be uh, the identity that we, that we know that shapes our lives, that um, shapes how we think about ourselves and each other and you and um, and how we are to live, Lord. We pray that um, you would give us a deep knowledge of that um, and that that would uh, be so evident in our lives that we are your children. Um, may, you, may you be glorified and lifted up in our lives, Lord. Amen.